Nobody has a glass of milk if you're over four years old. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening. It is Thursday, October 24th. We are a week away from Halloween, one of the greatest candy nights of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, joining me tonight, obviously, is Pep. And we are doing this from a... I almost gave the address out. <laughs> <laughs> Would hate to do that, but yeah. we are uh, Shay uh, Curtis Fleming's place tonight. Yeah, we're at his dinner table and... Uh... He's uh, offered up uh, his living room slash kitchen to uh, set up shop. So thanks, bud. Yeah. Appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, the hospitality started as soon as you walked in the door. You had a bowl of apple crisp, a little, yeah. bit, of, little bit of ice cream on there. Yeah, I'm lactose intolerant, so I had to de- deny the offer. But You're lactose uh, intolerant? Yeah. Like late stages, I guess, you know, where I, uh, you don't find out until you're a little bit older. and You wonder why you've had, you know, massive violent gas for the last... Uh, <laughs> That's 15 years. <sighs> All right. Okay. Hey, uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> if I was lactose intolerant, <clears throat> I would just live with violent gas, I think. Well, you I, know, uh, I'm strategic about it. Like, if I know I'm not doing anything one night, and I'm just me, myself, and I in the house, um, and I'm not out with friends, I'm not having any company, then guess what? I'm having a glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has a glass of milk. You're having, like, a pint of haagen Nobody has a glass of milk if you're over four years old. I think most of us are actually lactose intolerant to a point. There's no point for milk, is there? Uh, well, that's, I read that somewhere that we're the only species that continues to drink milk uh, after the like the birthing phase or whatever. Yeah, sucking it's a, from. from the, <laughs> uh, where's this going? I don't know, man. I don't know. This is a sports show. All right, so okay. we are going to get into, uh, well, I mean, sports. What, uh, what do you got that's uh, new? I'll put out there that uh, um, for those who have asked about shirts and swag, yeah, UC swag, we are working on it. As everybody knows, uh, the test phase of the make our own shirts that I tried was a complete and no, utter failure. No, 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 no. That's oh, yeah. we don't disagree a lot on, on stuff, but I disagree with you. It was actually it was good. You know, I think we just didn't I should have washed my my uh, my garment inside out. I actually I think if you didn't wash it at all, maybe it would have stayed on. <laughs> but there was maybe five t shirts I think that I, I uh, provided people yeah. and uh, four out of the five were embarrassed to talk to me about it <laughs> until they heard on the podcast that they're like, oh, you commented that the vinyl came off. So, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, going to let uh, you know that it came off uh, immediately. So for our listeners, any new listeners, Brock bought a uh, vinyl press. Um, and there's two ways to press an image on a shirt. One's vi- using vinyl, which is kind of a like glossier, looks kind of cooler, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. And then one's just a heat press, right? Um, like a basic press. Yeah, basically, it's a, it cuts the vinyl to whatever shape you want, and the vinyl is like a sticker that gets melted onto the shirt. Right. Well, some shirts apparently now I'm learning this are not really meant to be heat pressed. Yes. Uh, therefore, I put on a very cheap sticker onto a shirt, gave it to people with a lot of pride, only to have them peel off within a day. But so uh, you gave you gave away shirts. I thought it was a kind gesture. 
A for effort. But now we got the real deal. We got a couple of companies that we're looking at. We may we have settled are, on one right now. Yeah. So, so we're going with a uh, uh, company that we're familiar with. They're called Nads Sports. Oh, Big and Nads. Big Nads stands for Natter. He's one of our boys, and uh, he's hooking us up. So uh, the shirts that are going to be coming are going to be ones that uh, will last. And good quality. Yeah. And will be good quality. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um and we'll let everybody know when they're in and, and who can get them. So we got the Raglan and the T-shirts coming. Yeah. And actually, we're designing a hat, too, because Pep and I both wear hats most of the time. So yeah. we're, um, we're designing a nice flat-brim flex fit for that. I, I'd say that's going to be probably like phase two of our... Of our 100% yeah. phase two. Phase 100 two. 100% phase two. Yeah. If these T-shirts turn into be rags and nobody buys them, I can guarantee you the hats are not coming. No hats, gang. <laughs> no hats. <laughs> okay, so bear with us. Before we get into our itinerary, and we have a lot to talk about today because it's uh, this is sports in full swing. We got hockey, we got baseball, we got basketball, and we got football. This is one of the rare times of the year where uh, all four major sports are playing. So uh, college football is definitely uh, tail end, and then college basketball is right around the corner. So this is madness, absolute madness. Um, Holy shit! Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, well, this just in, we have (laughs) breaking news. My sister, (laughs) my Curtis, the host was uh, dog sitting my sister's dog for a week in August. And uh, in August, let's put that out there in August, just came across some poop, I guess. Oh, it was yeah. him. He's it was told. in behind his TV uh, entertainment system there. So I guess uh, is the sure dog little. The dog's very little. Yes. All right. So it's the little dog got behind the uh, entertainment unit, oh. took a huge dookie, and uh, Curtis just found a little oh. gift for you. Wow. Three months later. I'm so sorry, pal. <laughs> part of the part of the experience, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> That's just Toby's way of saying goodbye. Yeah. I guess here. A Here's times. a couple to you. <laughs> <laughs> But before we get into sports and yeah. poop and all this, I, I want to say one thing. I am, uh, and it's, it's going to spend like 30 seconds on this. I am happy that the election is over. The last two and a half months, I'd say, are, is you know embarrassing for Canada in the, the way we acted towards each other. Whatever party you you vote for, it doesn't matter. I don't. I could care less if you're a conservative supporter or liberal or NDP or you know. It, just it was just dirty pool i thought and uh i'm glad it's over yeah you know uh and that's all i have to say about that and there's something today uh, some some graffiti that was written on Catherine mckenna's office uh window just unacceptable behavior i don't know what's going on with society but we need to snap out of it and those uh, rogue misfits who uh, think it's cool or don't think it's going to hurt anybody. Well, look what you've done. Like she was crying today in a press conference, and really? the women in her office were shaken. It's graffiti. It, it's is it a hate crime? I think a CTV's poll. I mean, I don't want to go there, but you know, it's hate. It's it's anger. It's spewing venom for no reason and hurting innocent people. So anyway, I'm glad it's over and let's move forward. Yeah, as much as you do uh, emphasize that it is over, I don't. I still feel it's kind of ugly right now. Still, um, I have a lot of friends in the West, and there's a lot of stuff that um, have been posted on Facebook and social media. Um, you know, uh, what's the Wexit they call it, uh, where Alberta wants to separate, and so a lot of people I know that live in that province are very 
upset with Ontario and Quebec and mm. who they voted for. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's really it, the the political arena never seems to bring out the best in people as yeah. much as you know you want to have a democratic um, way of life and and you want to have that um, that opportunity where a lot of countries and a lot of people don't have that same luxury. Um, I would like to see more people out and vote because it still was a a lower turnout. 65% or something out of the total amount of people. And I think last year was maybe 68, 69. Mm -hmm. So it was lower. Um, I think there's really no reason why we shouldn't be up in like the eighties or nineties in terms of a voter turnout. They've made it very easy for people to vote. Um, you know, and honestly, I think that a lot of people who didn't vote are just ones that there was no real leader, I guess, or real choice. And it's a lot of people were probably just like, I, it doesn't matter. It's neither guy is that great. Yeah, I think I, I ain't mad at you, I guess is what I would say. But it's like you got to get out there and vote um, just to just to, you know, uh it's your right to vote, and you know you should. You're a Canadian, and we have yeah. that right. Not every country has that right, and you just you know you find the party that fits you, fits you the closest, the best, or whatever, and and you vote. And um, yeah, anyway, I'm I'm really glad it's over. I, I do agree with you though that I think there's still it's still kind of ugly in certain areas. But you know, if government just sort of bandy together and work together, because now they're going to have to with a minority government. They're yeah, gonna, which could have to, actually it be could the best, be the best case scenario. It could if totally. you see, we have to do that, but. That also shapes our country, and I think that's going to bring a lot of people together. So, I, or apart, one of the two. It's gonna it's gonna follow suit with how the the politics are run in this country for the next little while. And if both parties are working together for the common good, I think that brings a lot of. Hopefully, Canadians as a whole will come together and support and do what we need to do. But if the the parties you know start getting at each other, then you know I. It's not a good feeling, and it's and, you know you see it in some of the other countries, some that are closer than others, and uh, I just don't uh, I don't want to see that. Anyway, no. yeah, uh, getting off uh, topic a little bit there. Sports. sports, sports is supposed to bring everybody together. Yeah, sports, and that's and it's the main reason why I immerse myself in sports daily, if not hourly. Like I'm, I my life is sports. It always has been, and it keeps me from uh, you know losing my mind. As someone who suffers from depression and anxiety. I get when I'm getting when I get in the real world for any amount of time. I I, I kind of get I really feel like crap. Like I feel like it's overwhelming. All the issues with, in the world, in our own country, in my own city, you know, in my own life, it, they get overwhelming. So I immerse myself in sports, and it's been a savior. Like it le- legit has been a savior. So um, cheers to that, pal. Cheers to cheers that. Cheers to that. Um, we got a busy, busy, busy day, uh, busy episode right now. Um, I, I, we got to start with with college football because it's right now. There's some big games this weekend. I, I was um, I, LSU has a big one against Auburn. That is correct. And Ohio Huge. State is playing Wisconsin. And you know, uh, I think uh, the experts are torn as to who to choose. Wisconsin took it on the chin last week, but I think Wisconsin is going to be that. That's my upset pick of the week. I think they go in and they beat Ohio State. But it's <laughs> woo. I hope you're right. I rarely get a horn for college football talk, but we're going to start off with what I like to call Brock's College Pigskin <laughs> Insider. And no, we don't have a uh, any any demo music for that. But no. um, do you have what do you, do you anything? Is no, I made sounds for last week's spontaneous titles. <laughs> 
the PO And then box. you went and changed the spontaneous titles to something new. So again, I'm behind the eight ball. Um, just throw headlines. Just. To- and now, your college <laughs> pigskin insider, Brock Fleming. Well done. Well okay. done. B-Boy, we have a lot to talk about. You want to start off by talking about Oregon versus Washington is what I have on my agenda. What's the deal there? Oh, that was the game I was watching. So, uh, you know, both top 25 teams, uh, Oregon ended up winning the game. I really don't like Oregon basically because of fans of Oregon and, and other <laughs> things that a lot of a lot of teams I dislike are strictly because of the fans. So, so I know individuals who like certain teams and then if they irritate me, I really have a hate on for their team. Oregon happens to be one of those. Okay. Oregon ended up winning 35-31. Uh, but one of the plays in that game was uh, Oregon had scored. They kicked the ball off to Washington and Washington did this nice little trick play. Uh, and brought the ball out to about the 50. So it was a reverse pass, uh, the kickoff. But what happened was, um, I don't know, you must have seen them before where uh, one of the players lies down in the end zone. Yeah, I think of, of yeah. They've, various teams have tried that yeah. in the past. This one, the guy was standing up initially. So initially the, the ball was kicked off, standing up. He went in the end zone, laid down. Guy on the other side got the ball, started running up threw it back to the guy who was lying on the ground, and he ran for about 50. They were called for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and it was ordered to re-kick, and it ended up being a touchback and getting the ball to 25. So what, for like trying to trick the other opponent? Or well, trying to apparently, so I was trying to research this to, to find out what this new rule is, because they're, the, the broadcasters were talking about a um, new rule about deceiving, doing deceptive things um, on the field. So when I'm watching, I'm like, a play-action pass is a deceptive move. Are you going to give me a 15-yard penalty for that? But I guess the rule is more along the lines of doing a deceptive thing in relation to the color of their jerseys and lying in the end. So end zones are very colorful. colorful. Yeah, sure. So if you're home, Washington's <clears throat> home, they got a purple jersey, the end zones are purple. So him lying down purple on purple is supposed to be deceptive. Now, the actual rule doesn't have anything in terms of the actual unsportsmanlike conduct penalties and where that falls in, but there is a rule um, that is based on unfair acts, my air quotes, that says an obviously unfair act not specifically covered by the rules can result in an unsportsmanlike conduct foul. So one one play I've seen in in peewee football, and I think I... Are you talking? Everything, we just went dead on my... I can hear you. You know what? Oh, sorry. I'm back. You're back. I'm well. I'm back. My this just, I just fiddled with that earphone and everything just went quiet. Sorry, that was freaky, man. <laughs> that was freaky. Like a, sorry, buddy. A weird thing. I thought, I, thought. I thought the power went out. I'm like, well, the lights are still on and everything. Okay. Oh, I, I was worried. worried about your health for a second. I said, what's happening no, right what now? The, am I having a heart attack? Yeah. No, I'm good. We're good. Um. <clears throat> What I was going to say is I've seen in peewee football, and, and I think college too, where the quarterback pretends to go back to his sideline to call a play, and then a, a snap is made to right. the running back. Or 
would that be considered deceptive or well according to uh according to this one it had to do with color of jerseys and field color and right and, and that but uh an obviously unfair play i really there's so much subjectivity yeah. in that aspect that's where a t- that's a tough one you know who calls that how do you judge that call i guess as a coach, you would want to make sure that you check with these umps beforehand, yeah. these refs. You say, look, during the game, we might very well run this play. Do you have a problem with that? And then, you know, they'll say yes, no. It happens all the time. Coaches will say, hey, we're going to run this play. X, Y, and Z is on the line. This guy's actually eligible. They kind of like tell you what that, tell them what the trick play is yeah. so that when they line up and do it, because if you have one ref who doesn't understand and they're like, whoa, whoa, and they blow the whistle and throw an offside or something. Yeah your element of surprise is gone. Yeah. So that advantage is gone. So you have to make sure the ref understands that, hey, we may run these plays. Um, and just so, you know, don't blow a dead. Anyway, there's a, a few things there. This is going to be the same type of thing. You're going to have a feel, and the, and the guy's going to say, yeah, I'll give you a 15-yarder for that if you do it, or they won't. That's interesting. I mean, I yeah, I never even thought about the, using the end zone as to camouflage a player. <laughs> it's just it's actually brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, and if you go back and YouTube some of them, like there there was multiple occasions where that's happened, and uh, and you think even from a player standpoint, like how do you miss that? You know, because wow. it, it's flat from the angle you're doing it from the camera angle. Yeah, you can't see anything, but from a field, you think you can pick up a guy in the end zone. But if you're not paying attention for some reason, anyway, it's I uh, didn't uh, I didn't uh, I didn't even Curtis was wearing dark brown a, a few minutes ago. Then I, he was on the couch and he. Camouflage with the couch. Now he's out and wearing green. And yeah, he had like, his full leather pants yeah. on. I couldn't even see him on the couch. It's a 15 yard penalty, pal. <laughs> that's a that's wild. Anyway, so, anyway, that so was, where, where, what happened was it, is it a dead ball, dead spot foul? Like what? what it was a 15 yarder. They re-kicked it. Okay. okay. So and it ended up being a, a touchback, and Washington's field position, you know, was 40 yards shorter than it was before, and uh, you know they ended up losing. So. I think yeah. it had a fairly decent impact on the game just in terms of momentum and yeah. um, and really trying to respond to an Oregon uh, score. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it so, didn't pay off. Uh, off topic, a, a team that's in the top 25, out of, out of those top 25, let's say from 15 to 25, how realistic of chance do any of those teams have, a ch- have, have of making the finals or the, the final four? Basically nil, right? Uh, at this point, there's nothing. No. So they're playing to be a top twenty-five team to play in some in some uh, lucrative bowl games. Like, yeah, what, but you'll have what's way their motivation. More, uh, you'll have way more uh, money involved. So if you're in a bigger bowl, you have more money that you bring in for your school. Uh, it, at this point in the season, the the ones that are below the the top ten don't have a chance of getting into the playoffs, the national championship playoffs. At the beginning of the season, you sure do. You know, if LSU was, you know, preseason ranked, you know, down at 15, 16, whatever, the the wins that they could potentially have with their strength of schedule and the guys they're playing would bump them up pretty good. Now, there is, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into the preseason rankings and where you're putting these guys. It's not like Canadian football where it's it's your – Preseason rank is exactly how you finished last year. No matter how good you are. Yeah, you win yeah. the Vanya, you're the preseason rank number one. Even if you That's lost just, everybody. Yeah, yeah. just because there's no, there's no analysis in terms of those teams and, and really digging in and saying, what did we lose? What do we have back? That's just kind of the way it is. 
where in the NCAA football, like there's a, there's a big market for, uh, you know, the researchers, the reporters, the analysis of the team, who's in, who's out, what recruits you have, what star are they? So um, you and I so have talked a lot about, uh, you know, uh, strength of schedule and that sort of determines how the rankings are. And, but we've never really talked, we haven't talked in at all in depth about how there's some quality teams that miss the playoffs by like that much. Is there, is there any benefit at all to extending the playoff format in college football to maybe another two teams or another Don't four teams? ever bring that up to me again. I, I need to know. Never bring that up to me again. You know what happens? The more they expand it. So right now, it's kind of like a plus one, which before the college football playoffs came in the top four, there was talk of doing a plus one, which would be, um, you know, until, I don't know, it was maybe eight years ago, uh, it wasn't always number one versus number two. Sometimes you had a number one versus number three and two, four, but then, you know, they were having some more debate as to who really was the national champion. And they should be this plus one. Say if there's an issue or there's some skepticism, whatever, you know what, let's throw one more game out. Say, let's settle it on the field. Yeah. So the, the, the four team playoff is basically a, a, a better version of that where we say, okay, instead of doing the plus one in case something happens, we're going to actually going to do a, a one versus four, two versus three, and then we'll do the plus one game. I'm okay with that. I wasn't, 100% initially, but if you start adding any more playoff teams, no matter what, if it's top eight, you're saying, you know what, number nine and 10 had a real strong argument to get in. Okay, It's always going to have something like that because there's hundreds of teams. The problem is if you add more, then you're getting closer and closer to an NFL-type model, which to me, you know, some people like it. They're like, oh, it's always settled on the field, so whatever. That's fine. <clears throat> the NFL regular season to me means jack shit. For the most part, the Patriots moving forward, they're undefeated right now, seven and zero. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. So the rest of the season means nothing to them. Yeah. They get smoked by the Browns this weekend. They could care less. What would he do? Yeah. It means nothing. Where college football, and what I love about college football is that every week matters in terms of a national playoff picture. If Alabama loses this weekend, if Clemson loses this weekend, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State. The odds of Ohio State getting into the national playoff They're becomes done. very, Lower, very, yeah. very small. Yeah. And then they need other people to lose. So an Ohio State fan watches Wisconsin beat them. They say, fuck, we just lost. You know, now we're bumped out. We do have a Big Ten championship game. We still have Michigan to play. But we need, once we see the new rankings, we need Florida to lose. We need Auburn to lose. We need LSU to lose. So now they're watching games that involve those other teams with as much passion as they would watching their own Ohio State team play. And that's what I love about college football is that any game you watch could very well be with the same intensity and engagement as I would watching a Florida Gator game. And I'm the, I would not. I don't. I don't want to see uh, what equivalent to what twelve teams. I don't want to see a twelve team college format. I don't want to see a, a, a you know a March Madness type like sixty four team. I don't want to see that. But I guess there's somewhere in between. There are a, a group of fans who would like to see six teams, one six two five three four, and then it's, it's like a mini little mini tournament, and then you ultimately have the number one team. Well, you can't have six anyway. It, it has to go to eight, or you're giving number one and two a buy for the first one, and then saying two plays six. Um, sorry, three plays six, four plays five, 
and then those winners go, you know what I mean? Right. Like you can't right. with a six. So, right. which means they would vote for an eight. And now you're just kind of. Just doing it argument, for the sake of doing it. Yeah. yeah the yeah. argument, which I, if they were to do it, would be, if you want six, there's power five conferences, right? Five power yeah. conferences, I yeah. guess I'd do it. So if you win those conferences, you're in the playoffs. And say, okay, so you have your playoffs kind of within your conference. Win that conference, you're in the playoff. That's five, and then you can have an at-large, let's say. Which, for the if nothing else, then to screw Notre Dame, <laughs> I would vote for that because now you got to be in a conference. Because there's one spot you'd be fighting for as an independent to try and get that one spot in. If not, you got to join a conference so you can try and get into the playoff. That would be my one... Okay. Caveat was the well, that would be that was to force where... them into a conference. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, that's the last time I'll ask that. I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious as to what you thought about it because I know I had I think you mentioned it a long time ago that you were just like no man it's the, they shouldn't mess mess with it. I'm like yeah you got it you're right. So, you know I know there's a lot of uh, discussions and debate as to who should be where and where they're ranking all that kind of stuff. But that's also the appeal of college well, football it, over the NFL. The me. way you feel about their format is the way I feel about March Madness basketball. If and people have actually, as crazy as it sounds, some there are some people who uh, want to see the format changed in, with with March Madness. I'm like, are you insane? It's the best two weeks changed of basketball. How? how? Yeah, exactly. Change to something more of it, like a like an NBA style, where it's like a best of three or best of five. Because basketball, you know, it's it's it doesn't take a week to recover like football does. So true. But but, but how many buzzer beaters? How many no, no, upsets? Exactly. How many whatever? All that Cinderella team doesn't no, no. happen if you have the no, best ex- two out of three. I'm telling you. And if you look at history, like you know, the, especially we're going to talk later on quickly about the college AP poll that just came out. It's usually that one of the top four seeds. Pre preseason top four are usually in the finals in in uh, the final four. It's rare that it's not. Um, you you might get one out of the two teams in the finals, but uh, ultimately one of the one of the top seeds ends up making it to the finals. So the system isn't broken, basketball folks. And I, I'm probably talking about a very small percentage of people, but it, it has been brought up. So the way you feel about college football is the way I I and probably everybody I know, and certainly in Elmer, <laughs> feel about don't touch March Madness. Now, yeah. we are, you know, gone off the rails completely, but I'm going to ask you, yes. what's your feeling? Like, what if the winner of the Canadian one, now, I guess it has to do with Carlton a lot because of their perennial dominance within the Canadian thing. Should they, what would you feel yeah. if they had an automatic bid and they were the number 64 or something? Yeah, I don't, you know, as, as much as I love what it's Carlton's done the last basically 18 years, I, you know, when these American teams come to play Carlton, it's oftentimes their starters play a, a quarter and they're playing Carlton's dudes, you know, and Carlton's yeah. won a couple of games, but like if, if Jim Beheim wanted to say, boys, let's, let's clamp down now and put this away, uh, they'll put it away. So what do I think about Carlton making a, a bid for, um, interesting. and playing in the tournament? It'd be kind of cool. I don't think they make it past the, the second the round. Airport. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's my that's my gut feeling. I just don't the talent in the states. Although although you know uh, this year the, there are the most Canadian players on NBA rosters ever, actually from any country, 
in the NBA, the Canadian content is ridiculous. There's like 28 players on on rosters. It's nuts. So well, Canada's if you, if you check it, I bet you the NCAA has the same type of growth. Yeah. Oh, no and doubt. That's why it's it's going to where it is. Yeah, and they're coming out of Toronto mainly, uh, and some players from the West, but uh, some really, really, really good talent, amazing talent. Anyway, yes, um, I don't see Carlton putting up much of a fight. Um, you talked about. The boomer schooner flipping over. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. That. I did see that. Oklahoma. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Yes, we could talk about it and giggle now, but the the horses came out of the tunnel for Oklahoma, and that little carriage is it, what's it called? Is it I think a it's schooner? a schooner. Yeah. Uh, as the horses decided to take a sharp turn, a hard left, hard left. Uh, the people on the cart took a hard fall. I'll um, give it to the guys and the, actually the guy and girl who were on the schooner because mm-hmm. even I was watching their faces. To see like when the panic set in, and they were consummate professionals. There was no it's even pretty, when they were getting thrown off, they were just kind of hey, we're in, we got a job to do. It was like Mark Donnelly when he was singing the anthem in Vancouver, and he uh, tripped over the carpet, and then he, yeah, and got he just back kept going, up, got kept up. going. Yeah, <laughs> Penn. Okay, Penn State whiteout. Yeah, so that's the that's one of the traditions that Penn State has. Um, and if you, I guess you didn't watch it, but it was uh, I did not uh, Penn State Michigan. Uh, they do the whiteout. Everybody in the set, so 110,000 fans. And I'm t- I'm not talking like an NFL game where they give out red and you know you still see you know some yellow or some whatever. No, no, it is a whiteout. And from that game was a night game. Was a 7:30 game. College game day was at Penn State, airing from about eight in the morning Eastern time. And there was maybe 500 fans there. Every single person was in white, and not just the white T-shirt like. White pom poms, white hat, white whatever, and then you get to the game. There's 110,000 fans. They are all wearing white, white pom poms, white hat, white pants. Probably most of them. It was, I mean, from they do an aerial shot, and the only place where there's not white is in the end zone, and they've given so they obviously give out t-shirts and stuff yeah. for everybody. Is in the end zone, and it has uh, a perfect square, blue square with a big white S in it. For state, for Penn State, but you see it from the air, so it's you know it's wow. it's it's done one hundred percent. But um, it's a sight, like it's just one of those things where you have to kind of see it, and and the unity and everybody coming together in that sense is great. My only issue was Penn State wore the all white uniforms the week before, so they don't wear the all white with the white out, which I kind of thought they wore the blue tops. Yeah. Oh. And, but it seems to be how they do it. I don't yeah. know why. I'd like to see if they're all white, go all white. Like, yeah, let's yeah, just, yeah. anyway. You know that they did that? Remember, you remember the New York, uh, New York Jets? The Winnipeg Jets did the Winnipeg that. Jets. Solani, yeah. and, but that was at a time where you, you wore your whites at home. And so you had white ice, white crowd, yeah. uh, and then white jerseys on the, on, it was just awesome. And uh, I imagine multiplying that by 10. Is what you get at Penn State, I guess. <laughs> Would have right? been wild. Yeah, crazy. Wild stuff. Um, I did not see that. That must have looked really cool. Uh, week 8, real quick, we're, uh, we're running out of time here for this segment, but uh, Week 8 results, new AP poll coming up? Uh, the new AP poll is out already. So Week 8, you know, the only ones that people care about, obviously, everybody wants to know if Florida beats South Carolina. <laughs> they did. 38 Kurt, to Kurt, do you want to know if Florida beats South Carolina, Kurt? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Um, you know, a couple of, there was a questionable pass interference call that a lot of South Carolina guys were uh, upset about, but really, uh, they got away with a lot too. Uh, Clemson beat Louisville. They beat him fairly handily, 45-10. But my key in that one is that Trevor Lawrence 
through two picks in the end zone, um, which actually give me a little bit of cause to concern to see how they're going to do because their schedule is powder puff schedule. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see how they go. Now, um, I'll talk about the AP in a second. Uh, the other games, Oregon, Washington, already talked about, and then Penn State beating Michigan. It was 28-21 is what they ended up winning by. But – uh, Penn State kind of dominated most of the game. Enjoy Harbaugh for uh, the next couple weeks there, Michigan, because he gone. Right. I know he's uh, he's squashed any rumors about his exit strategy, about going back to the NFL. But I really think Michigan's going to be uh, looking for a new coach pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. He's making so much money. Yeah. Actually, hats off to Dabo Sweeney, who's now making more money than uh, Nick Saban on Whoa. a yearly basis. Yeah, he's up at 9.4. Um, anyway, I actually, I really respect, uh, Sweeney and how he coaches and, and what he does with his players. Yeah, me too. Um, obviously the upset was, uh, Illinois. So Wisconsin, who was 31 point favorites, who I bet on, thought it was a no brainer lost to, uh, Lovey Smith's Iowa, uh, fighting Illini. Lovey Smith came out in the media and said something about it being, uh, like this, uh, you know, one of the greatest wins in in the the, the, the school's history. Hundred percent. So they, you know. I don't think they've beat anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely their biggest one. Lovey Smith was Lovey Smith. Was he the coach of the Bears when they went to the Super Bowl? He was the coach of the Bears. I don't know if they went uh, with when they had uh, Rex Sexy Rexy Grossman, uh, Florida Gator. Yeah, Florida Gator. Um, I think he was Lovey Smith. Yeah, yeah it was. It was yeah. Yeah. All right, we got confirmation from. Uh, There's something on there for that. Nailed it. Airhorn seems to be the answer for everything. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah. Anyway, so that was a huge upset. You know, that's a they were looking over because they got Ohio State this week. So if we're going into week number nine, uh, the AP poll has changed a bit, and I don't know if anybody's watching, but they uh, I was watching uh, Jesse Palmer. Yes. Uh, So he had his top five, and Joey Gallagher were doing their top five, and I really agree with Jesse's top five because he had Clemson at number five, just outside of the playoffs which I agreed with. Galloway had Clemson number one. Anyway, the official AP poll right now is still Bama, LSU. Ohio State jumps Clemson from uh, uh, number four to number three. Clemson obviously drops to number four. Oklahoma stays uh, at five. Penn State jumps up to number seven. Florida uh, jumps up. Uh, No, Penn State is six, jumps up from seven. Florida is at seven, jumps up for number nine. Notre Dame, they're still at eight. Auburn is now in the top 10 again at number nine, and Georgia solidifies the uh, top 10. Okay. But Georgia, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Bama. Count them. That's five SEC teams in the top 10, which means they're not all going to be there at the end because Bama plays LSU at some point. Florida plays Georgia uh, in two weeks. Uh, Auburn plays LSU. Anyway, there's going to be a lot of shifting. but It's a big um, week. Yeah. So biggest games this week. Ohio State, you call it Ohio State. Uh, Wisconsin is at the horseshoe. Hopefully, Wisconsin bounces back. Uh, they have a very good team. Everything yeah. I've seen was good. I think the Illinois game was really um, letdown game. Just uh, one, yeah. a sneaky game. You you're know? looking at Ohio State. Yeah. That's your you're looking for them. What was Illinois wearing? Oh, some garbage Dark gray. gray. It was awful. It, it's. They're probably going to see them the rest of the year because they're obviously good luck somewhere. They're not taking those suckers off. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) hopefully you're right. Wisconsin uh, poised for the upset, but Ohio State is so good. Yeah. Um, Auburn, LSU, that's another great one. LSU, two. Auburn, nine. That's in LSU. It's not a night game, but it's in Death Valley. And uh, Notre Dame plays at Michigan. Uh, Change the channel. Watch something else. (laughs) 
That's it. That's it for my college football take. Woo! Um, I'm excited for this week. If Florida's you are, on a buy, in case you're wondering. If you are not a college football fan, you just got the goods. And if you are a college football fan, then you might you might debate something that Brock has said, and feel free to uh, you know comment on the UC or yeah, you know, it's uh, a beauty. Yeah, it's yeah. debatable in this. I like it. Leave a comment. Yeah, but Brock knows his his college football friends, and so on. Thank you, Brock, for that uh, pigskin insider. And uh, we are going to take a real quick break. I'm going to grab some water. Kurt's put some. Uh, what do we got here? Yeah, we got so some salt and vinegar chips. The hostess uh, is out. I like it. The hostess with the mostess is going. We're going to get a bowl. Put those in a bowl so we don't all double dip. And stop uh, looking at me. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give me those chips. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And we are back. <laughs> this next segment is sponsored by uh, No Name Sour Cream and Onion Flavored Simple Chips. <laughs> Simply Chips. Sim- simple Guys. Simple Guys. Got a craving for Simple Chips. Um, this next quick segment is a poll question. And we encourage all of our listeners to uh, chime in on the UC Facebook page or Instagram. I feel like the Facebook page is a little more interactive, I find, than, than Instagram. Generally speaking, I think it is yeah. a different platform. But um, our poll question of the day, and we're not going to spend a whole night on it, but it's an interesting topic because it's been a point of contention in the NFL for a few years now, whether it's even worth doing anymore. Does the NFL keep or dump kickoffs, Brock? Um, I think we talked about this briefly on the other one on the last episode. I think uh, the NFL's working towards dumping the kickoffs as it is all the rules that have changed and the strength of legs of kickers is 99% of it's going through the end zone or it's a touchback. Anyway, Uh, I think the reason they haven't completely given up on it is because you need to have that option of doing an onside kick if need be later in the game. Um, But there has been talk of abolishing the kickoff and then having a replacement for the onside kick where the, it was, like, you start with the ball at your own 20. It's considered a fourth and 12 almost. I love it. And then you have one play. If you get the first down, you continue on with the ball. and I love it. And go. If you don't, you're giving the defend, the opposition the ball at the possibly the 20-yard line. I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's not the 20. Maybe, maybe it's the 35 or something like that. But, you know, you're you're risking giving the ball back to them. But you have a chance to make that play and yeah. it's a it's a football play as opposed to a kickoff um you know the, the reason kickoffs are being scrutinized is because of the the collisions that happen on a kickoff right now it's it's virtually impossible to get an onside kick anyway in the nfl so they've kind of gone so far on the opposite direction because there is no run-up you can't have a running start for a kickoff anymore so you're losing that advantage you would have on the onside kick and uh it's you know it's almost impossible for somebody to get down to uh, ten yards before the ball does and still recover it. So unless the, the defensive team bobbles it or does something ridiculous, it's almost impossible to get an onside kick. So you got to watch else. the uh, Saints and Bears last week. <clears throat> That's up. Actually, we're just going to talk about that. Yeah. The uh, Cordell, Corderell Patterson. No, at the end of the game, I think they recovered two onside kicks back to back. The Bears oh, la- were uh, last year. Last, la- no, last week. Last week, yeah, yeah, it was a blowout, and then they came back. They they made it kind of. I think the Bears must practice that because I think there was a game last year against the Giants where they kicked a, a couple of onside kicks, 
and uh, Beckham was on the hands team, and he fumbled one, and then they did one again in overtime, and they, they, were, they must they must practice that. It was the Bears Saints, you said this uh, yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Michael Thomas is one who bobbled yeah. it yeah. and it went through. Right. I don't, I didn't see the other one. The other one they had, they actually recovered it, but the guy because <clears throat> the guy's foot toe was out of bounds oh. before he touched. Or he recovered but the ball. in order to do that, means the Saint guy bobbled it or something. Like he never got there before the defensive guy. It's impossible. Uh, the guy sitting at ten yards. No, I think he just one-hopped it like right off this turf and went so high that he got there in time. I think the NFL needs to think a little bit outside the box with this uh, with this particular rule. You know, we talk about uh, the safety is what you brought up, um, the safety of and the health of players. Well, Dennis Bird, I think, was the first guy to get paralyzed off of a. Um, was it on a kick? A, a kickoff? I'm sure it was on a kickoff because it was it was such a high impact play and uh, in he, bu- uh, against Buffalo. It, I believe so, Wasn't and uh, he, he ended up dying so. out of from a from a car crash. But you know, he was paralyzed from the neck down, and uh, you know that's he was driving. I'm not sure if he was driving. I don't know. I didn't read the article on how he died necessarily, but his para- his injury was uh, okay. was from was from the neck down and a two vehicle two vehicle crash. He was only 50 when he died. That's sad. Anyways, um, but in terms of safety, I'm all for it. It's pointless right now. The kicks aren't even returned, and when they are, it's it's you know we we scrutinize the the player who decided to run it out of the end zone because they never get past the twenty anymore. Well, actually, in it's that rare. same Bears Saints game, Patterson returned a kickoff for a touchdown. It's wild though. I feel like that's really the only game that I've seen that happen. There's really been very few plays where the guys get past the fifty. Um, yeah. I just don't. I don't see the point of it anymore. They made a change with the with the extra points. That's that's. I thought that was that's been well received. And they did that by moving the ball back. Moving the ball back. So yeah. why don't they do that in kickoff? Move the ball back to kick from your ten. So to have to to or, that's going to promote more. Kick, that's kick well, you, you won't make the end zone right, so you're going to have a returnable kick all the time. But that the reason they moved it up was because they don't want to have as many kick returns because the people who are getting hurt. Are on a kick return type thing, so okay, you have well, guys. If they that don't are, want kick returns, then get rid of the kick. Get right. rid of the, get rid of get rid of it all together. Yeah. Like just do in the CFL. Now you you boys know this probably more than I do. When is it an option where they can get it from the thirty five or twenty? It's a field goal. So if they if, if it's a field goal that's made or whatever, you can decide to take it at the thirty five or have the kickoff. And how more more often than not, they take it from the thirty five, right? Uh, about fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch CFL. I'd say even more that they make them kick. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I just think there are a lot of return touchdowns in the CFL versus yeah. NFL, though. If you, if it, if you're asking me my vote, I say get rid of the kickoff altogether, unless you unless you want to reinvent or promote kickoffs again or kick returns, I should say. Well, um, now even in college they've changed the rule. So if you fair catch at your own seven, so even if the kick doesn't go in the end zone, it's only at the seven. You could fair catch it. You get the ball to twenty five. Yeah, it's pointless. How about this, boys? If uh, there's a kickoff from where where they're doing it right now, and the ball goes through the uprights, you get a point. Okay, what was that? Uh, well, in the CFL, in the NFL, you, in the NFL, we'll call it the what? The rouge, the noir, we'll the noir. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, the one noir, where there was a recently? It was a oh, shoot. What was it? It was like a, a fair catch kick thing. Did you see that? They tried a field goal. It was a Remember that? Like a drop no. kick? Or a... No, it wasn't a drop kick, but it was uh, uncontested, so it was almost looked like he was kicking the ball off, but he was trying to get it through the uprights for three points, I think. Oh, really? No, I never... I off never a kickoff? Yeah, I'll have to search it up. It was a, the weirdest thing. I love it. Um, and I'm 99% sure it was in the NFL that it happened. 
because there was a lot of people saying like, "What is?" And maybe it was in London even. Oh, Carolina was Carolina. Wasn't the quarterback that drop kicked it through? Was going to drop kick it through the uprights? It was a fair catch kick thing. So the kicker was kicking it. Okay, no. But it ended up being it was like a sixty-five plus yard attempt kind of thing. But it was like a a free run, so it wasn't like lined up like a field goal. He was free run like a kickoff to try and get in the uprights. And it's some rule that has to do with uh, rugby and that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, we'll look it up for next time. We'll clarify. But um, as of right now, I'm not going to waste anybody else's time. So between the three of us, are are we all in agreement that the kickoff, if if they're just, they don't want to have guys running back kicks, get rid of it? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I will say I don't don't like the whole fourth and 12 from round 20. Deal. I don't think versus onside I, I, kicks. I don't think a team should get the ball automatically uh, and have a chance to maybe, tie a game. Maybe they get it at midfield or something. If you don't get your fourth and fifteen, the other team gets it at midfield. I think percentage wise, a fourth and whatever is probably. I like uh, it. I mean, it's a little bit better than, than an onside, an onside kick. kick, especially now yeah. with the new rules. But it's one shot. You have one shot. Yeah. You're doing an offensive play. Maybe it's fourth and fifteen. You say, okay, we got to get a fifteen yard thing. Yeah. You can't just run it. It's not like a fourth and one. I like it. Yeah, I guess so. Sold them. Got them. Yeah. Done. Sold. Got them. Kickoffs right. to be out. So the XFL is going to come out, and all they're going to do is kick off to each other. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> I can't wait for the XFL. <laughs> I can't wait for somebody to get suplexed at halftime. It's going to be so great. I I think the XFL. Woo! woo. <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. Um, st- sticking with, well, that's our, that's our UC poll folks. If you want to chime in and, uh, give your opinion on what you think about kickoffs or kick returns or the lack of, feel free to let us know what you think and we'll, uh, we'll bring you up on the next episode. All right. So but three, nothing. We're going to stick around, uh, football and move on to, uh, some very interesting, um, potential <clears throat> acquisitions or sellers at the trade deadline. Which I believe is coming up in the uh, in the NFL, and I focused on the AFC. Um, so here is a list of one potential move for each team. It's a buy or sell, and the compensation for it. Now, why would a team buy? Because they're still in the playoff hunt. Why would they sell? Because they they just figure this this season's a write off, and that's all she wrote. So what I'm curious is that the the <clears throat> Dolphins don't have as many. Uh, they well, only have one guy they're selling. Where I think they could probably sell 90% of their roster. And for the sake of time and our and our listeners' entertainment value, I probably just kept that one pretty simple. But uh, If we cared about, about our sell. listeners' entertainment value, I think we would have restarted this whole episode. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, with the chips and everything? <laughs> so good, though. They're good chips. <laughs> good chips. All right. All right. All right so here we go. We're, we're going to try to do this in a sort of a rapid fire, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask both these dudes what they think about these. Okay, so... For uh, for the Ravens, um, they're clearly in a playoff spot, so they might buy, and uh, they need a receiver. I think uh, uh, Marquise Brown is uh, on the injured reserve, possibly. Um, so the talk is uh, Devontae Parker, and it would cost them a 2020 third-round pick. What do you think, Brock, yay or nay? Uh, I would say do it. I think Parker's actually a pretty decent player just on a real for bad For a third-rounder? For a third-round pick. Yeah, yeah, I like the position Parker. that yeah. the put Ravens are in. Yeah. Numbers in Miami with a shit team, like you said. So, so we're all on board with Devontae Parker. Okay, the Bills buy Melvin Gordon, cost him a twenty twenty third. Anything higher, I'd say no. Really? Is that is that a rumor? These are just names that have oh, okay. come up. I think I think certainly San Diego is going to look to deal him. Uh, they're they're 
They are terrible. Actually, they did, they look really bad against the Steelers, and they look bad again last week. It's a third round pick, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything I, higher, I I would start to be a little bit skeptical. What's wrong with what they got now? The Bills are running the ball really well with Frank Gore and then the, the Singletary. The yeah, but for a third round pick, you take a shot on a oh, guy absolutely. like Melvin Gordon. Yeah, he's having you know again. He it's by low right now to a point. So who who sits for Buffalo then? Three backs, there's just not that many. There's Singletary, not, he's not getting too many carries there. Yeah. He's young, you, you just screw him, right? Well, there you go. Uh, Gore is probably not going to be back next year. He's getting up Stop there, gap, right? yeah. And you have, maybe you resign Gordon. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I say, I say you get a Melvin Gordon if you have an opportunity. And the Bills, this is this is the year where they're going to make the playoffs. So, um, Bengals, knock on, knock wood. on wood. Yeah, Bengals sell Green or Boyd or both. Uh, green would cost them a 2021st. No, they would get a 2021st is what you're assuming. Would, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. That, they, but Because they're selling, yeah, they would get a 2021st. Uh, Boyd, would, they'd probably get a third for Boyd. Um, would, would you do that if you're the Bengals? You want to get rid of Green right now just because the going's rough? Uh, I for think, a first? I think in Venice fairness Prime. to Green, I'd say, yeah, I'll trade you because you've been with us long enough. We have not done what we need to do to get – a team around you, um, I say, yeah. I, I, I agree. I don't think they're anywhere near close. I don't think they're going to be close in the next couple of years. So you, you trade a guy like you that don't for think, a first-round pick. You don't think Green would have helped them win a couple of games this year? And oh, absolutely. Maybe, maybe, absolutely. Five, win a maybe couple 500, of games. maybe 500, and be right there with the Ravens and the Steelers? I don't think so. I don't no? think they're 500. No. And Boyd. Boyd is having a career year, but clearly he's the number one option now. But he's a good, good young receiver. Um, would cost uh, but he's, he is a young. team. Like, th- he's a lot younger than, than Green, so yeah. you keep a Boyd and you trade a Green. Yeah. Boyd's a UFA. Well, yeah, you, you can still sign him. Yeah. He's not going to be okay. He's not going to be the money that AJ is going to be anyway, okay. and you get more in return for AJ. I'm, uh, I'm uh, oddly enough, uh, against both those deals. I, think, I say you keep, keep him and make another run because you're not that far off from being a playoff team you were a couple of years ago, and Green's in his prime. He's had some injuries, but he's in his prime. Anyway, um, so two versus two on one there. Okay, that's fine. That's the first one we've all dis- we've, we haven't all unanimously, unanimously agreed on. Jeez, unanimously agreed on. It's funny. When you start to slur your words, you get super like Barry White. Well, I'm just got to slow it down in my slow mind. Slow it down. Just slow it down in my mind. Uh, Browns by Trent Williams. Oh my God, that's a no-brainer for a first-round pick. Do it. Do they even have a first-round pick to give up though? I feel like they've gotten rid of a lot they of their do. picks. They do. The question also is: Browns lose this week. They're two and five. You're going to give up a first-rounder for Trent Williams at two and five? Trent's got a lot of what do you think? Lot of tread life on him. I don't. Know, I can't remember what his age is and what his ask is. I'm going to go no. For a first, uh, that's a tough one. That's a tough call. He wants out of red out of Washington. Washington's going nowhere. They probably want to look to reload. I mean, it could work for both teams. Well, we'll uh, return to that one anyway. I bro. like Trent. I like Trent Williams. He's yep. one of the best left tackles in the game, if not the best. If not the best, um, the offensive line is a huge aspect of your offense in general, and it's their problem. Is it their and problem? It's, yeah, I haven't it's watched right up there. The Brownies. Yeah. It's, I'd say if you give me one issue to fix, that would that would turn their team from two and five to five and two. It's their offensive line. They've they've been horrible. Okay, then you do it. Then you do and it. you do it. And at least at least if you have an O line and you're giving uh, the protection, yeah, Baker the protection he needs, you can evaluate him fairly, right? Yeah, that's a good. That's a great point because right now he's on the path to, <laughs> dare I say, Johnny Football bust. Bust. Yeah, it's not looking good. 
But if he's not getting the time, then he's not getting know? the time. They're, they're they're pressuring him from his backside. I think they I think you make the move. Broncos sell Chris Harris, and they would get a second in return. Chris Harris probably their best defensive uh, defensive player right now, aside from Von Miller. Chris, What's he playing? What DB uh, cornerback. I should, oh, specifically. That. Chris Harris Jr. Chris Chubb. I was thinking that uh, is hurt. Uh, Broncos. They get a second round pick in return if they sold them. Uh. I don't think the Broncos need to do anything to that effect. Like, unless the, the right offer came in and you get something maybe a little bit more, but I don't think a second round pick for a, a corner like that. For a top, he's a top five corner in the league. Yeah. And their defense is on the brink of getting back to where they've been the last little while. I mean, they, uh, Chubb being hurt is a huge deal. Your left bookend is not there. You know, I guess it depends on how long Von Miller wants to play for and whatever. But I think you you could still be building something really good there. Absolutely, I say keep him. Good. Yeah, I say if you're a top five in, in any position in the league, you're you got to get back at least a first round pick. So if it's a second round pick, I, I think he's a top five personally. I, and I also think the Broncos' issues are on offense. I think they they haven't given up that many points. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look at their yardage given up, but their points wise, they're they're in every game. So. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, Texans buy Des Trufant, uh, DB from uh, Atlanta, uh, for a 2021 third. That's what it would cost him. Who did... Did the Texans just get somebody recently? I believe they did. Uh, 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 a DB, if I'm not mistaken. I thought there was somebody they got. Um, you know, they're trying to beef up their defense because they, they've had some... God, they have decent struggles. I can't figure them out. They beat the Chiefs one week, and then they they lost this week to the Colts, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I can't figure that team out at all. One week they look like monsters. Is it Houston you can't figure out, or is it Kansas City you can't figure out? Houston, because Kansas City at losing least to Houston, you never thought that they would be. Did they have Mahomes um, at the time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one was a shootout. It was like a fifty to forty-nine yeah, 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 type okay, one. Yeah. Just can't figure Houston out. Yeah. What, so what? I mean, this Des Trufant. Texans, are we really talking about this? I don't know. Uh, no, moving on. Yeah. Move, Third round pick, on. though, uh, yeah. in 2021. I don't know. Here's seems an, easy. Here's an interesting one. <clears throat> Texans, uh, sorry, no. Colts by Nelson Aguilar. Uh, uh, fourth call- is way too high for Nelson Aguilar. I, I feel the same way. I'm not a huge. Really? He's like a Did you not receiver. see the clip of him? Oh, yeah. Where the ball, and he like short-armed it, didn't even try for it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Like that clip alone? Is hey cut his ass? Wow, well, that's tough. I mean, and, and Alshon Jeffrey's been in a little bit of hot water. I guess there was a rumor going on that in the locker room he's uh, he's saying that he's Carson the anonymous Wentz, source. He's the anonymous source that said, that said Carson Wentz is a bad leader and all mm-hmm. this stuff. He's what a mess in Philly, and wow. So so you're not you don't buy Aguilar for a fourth. No, no. Okay. Wow. Okay, I say yeah. I, Super Bowl experience. He had a great year. Arguably one of the uh, Wentz or Foles' favorite target that during those playoffs. I don't know. I don't like it. Wow. Okay. You don't like kids. Kids don't like it. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jags. Here's this Chris Harris again. Jags buy Chris Harris and sell Nick Foles. And for Harris, they would it would cost them a a second. Um, and then Foles, they would just take offers. What do you think about selling Foles? Or are they and jumping on the uh, Minshew? Nick Nick Foles. Yeah. Uh, for the year. He did for the year, yeah. Uh, or uh, if not yeah. for the year, for uh, it was like 10 to 12 weeks because he broke his collarbone. You get rid of Nick Foles right now because Gardner Minshew looks like uh, the real deal? Yeah, if you get somebody to take Foles' contract, for sure. you do it. Yeah, There you are teams interested. Yeah, Because it's what, 8 million? It's 8 million a year, yeah. I think, for Foles. Yeah. 
You have to. So you you take offers on him. Yeah. Okay. And Chris Harris, you, is he is he worth a second if you're the Jags? They just they just they dealt just got Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, but they yeah. uh, no, it was Rams dealt Marcus Peters too. Uh, to so, uh, Baltimore, who had a pick six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they have a spot for him. So, and we're and I want let's not let's not mistake ourselves. We're talking about this now because these teams still are in it. Like Jags at two and whatever are still sort of hanging around. You know, they're still they're still there. A couple with two win two wins in a row, and they're five hundred. That's a weak division. Colts lose one. Like all these teams are still in it. That's I mean, this is great actually. Um, Chiefs buy Patrick Peterson and would cost them a first rounder in 2020 and Peterson's a second in 2021. In Arizona right now? He's in Arizona. He's back and healthy. So okay. He wanted out before, right? He he never really flat out said it. In fact, he said the opposite. He's like, I like Arizona. I want to stay here. I don't want to trade. But his name keeps popping up because he's one of the best players in the NFL. So where are you getting these numbers as to what it would cost them for? <clears throat> these are just uh, projections by... Um, Okay. I um, can't remember the dude's name. That's Ses- all right. Sessler from the NFL Network. So to get Patrick Peterson would be a 2020 first and a 2021 second. Yep. The Chiefs, I don't think, need to do that. As much as Patrick Peterson is um, a real nice to have, that would be you'd have Tyron Matthew back. Didn't Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew play, play together? Yes, they did. Um, you know, that would be something, and he's a, a very, very good player. But I think the Chiefs need some more help in terms of the front seven and run stopping. They're kind of susceptible to the run, and I think that that those picks would probably be better suited to beef that up than it is their secondary. So tantalizing. Patrick, but, Patrick yeah, Peter, right? I mean, geez. You know, and then you're, you're there. You're at the doorstep. I mean, this is Andy Reid's window – you know, they, his window may be open longer than it should be because of Mahomes and his emergence out of nowhere, really, because we thought Alex Smith was going to be their quarterback for the next few years. But he's come out of nowhere. I, I still think you got to go for it now when the going's good and you got New England, who, who like you said, are 7-0. and But they, New England sets themselves up for the playoffs. But now is a time where you got to load up if you're the Chiefs because you're really their only competition. But – is Patrick Peterson going to take that defense to the next level against a, a New England team that is built to run now more than anything and dink and dump the passes? They don't go deep very often. They don't spread. No, they go short passes. So, but that's where you need a guy who can bet, who can you know jam on the line and, and guard uh, you know Sanu now and uh, some of those guys. I don't know. I but you need guys to be able to stop the run too. And I think that if you don't stop yeah. the New England run. You, it doesn't matter what your pass defense is; they they'll run all over you. Yeah. It also depends on what's left on his contract, too, right? I mean, if it's only for a year, no, you don't do it. But if you get if you get Peters locked up for like five years, maybe. <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, Chargers sell Gordon. I think we've all we all agree they should yeah. probably to look Bills, to move yes. him. He's not going to yeah, for uh, it would cost him a third. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins. I mean, we talked about the Dolphins selling everybody who's worth anything for anything. Uh, but it would cost if they sell Kenyon Drake, they would get a fourth in return. Is that worth it for them to, or should you just hang on to a guy like Kenyon Drake? Um, I think they move him. Just I just don't think they like him that much. I think there's other guys that they're kind of looking at. I think yeah, he's not playing. A whole he's not lot. getting he's not playing a whole snaps, lot. So yeah. I think I think they'll move him. Uh, there's, I mean, I don't think a for team Kenyon would give Drake. Up. I yeah. hope he moves because there's there's a lot of teams out there that need guys that can sure. do it. I mean, Zach Zenner has been friggin' released right. and signed, and a Kenyon Drake would probably be a better suit for some of those guys. 
and a fourth, whatever. You take it, you're not using them anyway. They got plenty of firsts and seconds. Holy cow, they've mm-hmm. loaded up. So uh, Patriots buy Carlos Dunlap uh, and would cost um, them a third. Well, I don't know when this happened, but they uh, got rid of Michael what? Bennett recently. Maybe. Tonight. S- yeah, today, too. What are the Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bennett also... Uh, got into an argument, a philosophical difference with his coach, and was yeah. was was it suspended for a game or or yeah, that was uh, two weeks ago or something? Two right? weeks ago. Yeah. So there there was clearly some issues there. I don't know if there's some residual with the way they handled his brother, um, but now I guess are they looking? Maybe they have someone in house that they have planned to play. D end, but hey, Carlos Dunlap's a Florida Gator stud. That guy cost us the back to back national championship because he didn't. He got arrested for being asleep drunk at a stoplight in a running car and didn't play against Alabama. and But his impact alone of just being able to get after a quarterback changed the whole scope of that game. I 100% blame him for it. Carlos, if you're listening, I blame you for my unhappiness at that point. But if I'm the Patriots, I jump at that. Yeah, I don't like the Patriots, so I hope they don't. But their defense is already top. Their secondary is probably the best I've ever seen. Their coverages and what they and Belichick's scheme is ridiculous. Crazy. If you add a Carlos Dunlop who's putting pressure on quarterbacks even quicker, the it, the sky's the limit for that defense. Like Brady doesn't have to do anything this year to win a Super Bowl. I think. It, uh, what do you think about Carlos Dunlop? Actually, no, I feel the same way. Yeah, I think you player. add him, you can. But yeah. uh, man, Patriots are so stacked on D right now that uh, I don't know. If and they a third need round pick. If it's a third, yeah. I mean. A third, yeah. You know, I look at the Patriots and I, I, I simplify what I see. And I see a team that goes to the line with a veteran quarterback. He sees uh, two D linemen, uh, five, uh, you know, six DBs, and he audibles to a run play. And nobody knows how to figure it out. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's But he's they're so smart, they see one step ahead. And defensively, what I saw against the Jets was them to go, they basically went cover zero. They man to man everybody, and they 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 sent the house. And it's like Darno had never seen a blitz before, like hot route, like some sort of quick pass. He was it didn't make any sense what I, what I was seeing, what he was seeing. Like the Patriots just pressure you to make a play. And not only that, when you teach a quarterback, when you're getting blitzed, the philosophy behind a lot of it is throw to where the blitzer's coming from, right? Right. New England blitzes him, but at the same time, basically, they designed that play. There's one play I was watching anyway, and the camera angles from behind. I can see everything. They blitzed, but baited him to throw where the blitzer was coming from and brought a guy over. Pick, gone. It was it, So he did, did the instinctive, what you've been taught from a little kid to do is – throw at where the blitzer's coming from because there's somebody who's open. Belichick does it so that he baits him into it. And Darnold is Darnold and threw into it. Young, young QBs, are they're miserable when they play the Patriots. Miserable. It's like like you said, they're coached to, to see, oh, you know, this is this blitz is coming from this side. This is where I have, should pass the ball. And but he just he doesn't go through his progressions very well. Like it was, certainly didn't have time anyways. But like no, he's throwing off his back foot. And listen, How many times you throw off his back foot? I think this. I think that was an aberration. Patriots are a good, solid, fast team, best secondary in the NFL. 
Harmon, uh, like my buddy Vince O'Hearn uh, mentioned on the UC, Harmon could start for most teams, and he's barely getting any snaps on the defensive end. So. In all fairness, the Patriots have not played anybody that yeah. great, and their schedule gets a little bit harder moving forward. They oh. got Houston, KC, yes. they get Dallas, you know, Dallas. They get some. The Bills, they just barely beat. Curtis has a mouthful of chips, and he's spewing. He's steam coming out of the ears because they, no, they were playing nobody. It's sour cream and onion, Beer. simple oh. chips for simple boys. The, <laughs> the Bills <laughs> played yeah. New England hard and should have won that game. You know, And that's the only challenge that the Pages have faced so far. Matt Barkley, eh? Good job, pal. I thought he actually, you know, he came in, he, he played a... Fairly well, but when he got in the red zone, he's where he faltered. Anyway, we spent a lot of time on the Patriots and Carlos Dunlap. Thank you. But not uh, next, Jets sell Leonard yeah. Williams. Well, my thing is that on this list you've given us, you've yes. got the Jets sell Leonard Williams yeah. for a 2022nd. Yes. Right after, you got the Raiders buying Leonard Williams. is going to cost them two-thirds in 2020. Yes, sir. So is it a second let's or just, is it two-thirds? Let's just deal with the here and now. we got the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> We got the Jets selling Leonard Williams uh, for a 2020 second pick. Do they do that? Do they give up on him so quickly no. with Quinn and Williams? No. Uh, the Jets are not in a position, or at least what everything they've done so far does not put them into a, a sell category yet. No, what's Leonard Williams done? He has zero sacks. Like, you know, team, teams run at them. They're not afraid of them. What's he done? Uh, whatever. If they get a second round pick, sure. If they're getting two thirds, then yeah, then keep them. Okay. Raiders they buy Leonard Williams, and it would cost them two thirds in twenty twenty. Would uh, would you do that? Forget what the forget about the Jets. Would you do that if you're the Raiders? If you can fleece the Jets into that, uh, Leonard Williams in the black and the, I don't know. The sure. Black and so, okay. Two two thirds. Yeah. yeah. Steelers sell Artie Burns. Um, but by Keenan Allen, and that's the rumor, is that, again, I think, I actually, the uh, Steelers, I actually think the Chargers are going to sell. I think, the, I think their window is, is closed. I think that's it. I think Rivers does not, he can't, he's very immobile. He's super immobile, more than he's ever been. He's never been a mobile quarterback, but, like, really, he doesn't look good, and they're not protecting him at all. That offensive line might be the worst in the NFL Oh, by far. Um, Keenan Allen. Would, well, not by far. I don't, yeah. know if, I don't know if the Steelers can afford to pay to give up any more than they already have. They've already given up their first. But it would cost them a, a second in um, 2021 for Keenan Allen. Forget Artie Burns. If they, 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 could give Artie, they want to give Artie Burns away. So they would ask for a six Is or Rudolph seven. your guy moving forward? Is like, Rudolph here? Is Ben even coming back? Ben's ever? coming. Ben's coming back. Ben is wants he? to. Yes, Ben wants to honor his his three year contract. So you got two more years of Ben, no matter what. His ego won't let him retire early. He wants to come back. He he might pull a Terry Bradshaw and blow his arm out again, but he's going to give it a try. That's for sure. And uh, by all accounts, he's healing. So uh, it's a, it was a, an existing injury that he just never got fixed. So Ben, you you got Ben for two more years. So no, you're not going to draft a QB. But Keenan plays from the slot most of the time, doesn't he? No, he's a wide. Is he a yeah. wide wide? Yep. He's the man now that they got rid of Terrell Williams. Yeah. But even then, he's gotten a lot of targets over the last little while, like 11 or 12, but he really hasn't produced. I I think the Steelers need to get another receiver because Juju is drowning he's as drowning. being the main guy. Oh, my God. You need to ever. get somebody else in there. So I think the best bet, if Keenan does play straight wide out, 
Then I thought they had him at slot with Ty- with uh, Tyrell and Mike being the wideouts. But if he's going to be playing wideout, then I think bringing Juju back inside makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It will open things up and get him back to what he's good at. So I would say, yeah. Make if Ben's move. coming back and if Rudolph is, you know, uh, healthy, yeah. I think you got guys to, to sling. But, um, yeah, I would say, yeah. Give her a go. Last but not least, and we we'll do the NFC on another top on another uh, another episode. But we got um, the Titans selling Mariota. He's now benched, and uh, Tannehill looked somewhat competent last game. Uh, it might be the end of the Mariota era in Tennessee, and it would cost any team to buy him a third or a proposed deal with the Chicago Bears for Mitch Trubisky. Oh, that's. Uh... I say take the third. If I'm the Bears, let's just say I'm the Bears, I would rather give up a third and have Trubinsky and Mariota oh. on the same Let him duke it out. roster. Yeah, and I think you'll see Tannehill fade very quickly. You know, you can't emphasize enough how much competition and concern of the security of your job will affect your play. So when we talked about this earlier in the season, before it started, Mariota and then bringing in Tannehill was going to have that internal competition where there's a bit more urgency and maybe drive or focus, whatever it is, there's that added pressure that guys either respond to or don't. And generally athletes at this level will respond to that pressure in a positive way. If you then take away that pressure, now they start getting comfortable in that this is their job to lose. And because of that, I think these specific three quarterbacks, I don't think they respond that well. Mariota yeah. had it being his and it didn't, you know, didn't live up to those expectations. Tannehill came in, Mariota was playing pretty decent. And then once he dropped, Tannehill came in. Tannehill has that pressure of keeping it. Trubinsky doesn't have that pressure right now. He's in that. That's my job. That's my job. So bring somebody in there to compete with him. That's a legit contender. But I don't think you trade Trubinsky straight up for him. I don't know. I just think that those three quarterbacks will perform better with the fear of losing their job. You know, it's Tannehill and Marietta both made the playoffs with their teams in the last four years, three, four years. Ten, uh, Marietta a couple times. Tannehill once with the Dolphins. Guys... Guys mature late sometimes, and you know we—I don't think we've seen the best of Mariota. I don't think we've seen the best of Tannehill. Um, but you know, a guy like Alex Smith for a couple of years in in uh, San Francisco—they're like this guy's a complete bust. He ended up he ended up being really really good, and he ended up being really good in Kansas City. So you know, to give up on these guys so quickly—I don't know. I don't know if you make—I don't know if I make that deal. Both those guys are still so young. I know Trubisky's a little bit younger, they but say like, quarterbacks are like twenty-nine and up is when you're in your prime. Yeah, sure. And that's that's a mental thing. It's not even yeah. a physical thing. It's mental on how to uh, read and identify defenses and yeah. understand that game. Um, you you kind of hang on to them. But the other thing too is in professional sports, there's so much to do with this being in the right situation. So Alex Smith is a great example. He wasn't in right situations. He got in the right situation in KC, I guess, is probably one of his best 
10 years. Yeah, for sure. And he was in a good offense that fit his characteristics, that fit his yep. his uh, ability, his skill sets, and that's what made him successful. If he had stayed at the other teams, if he had stayed, he would not have been as successful. It's it's all yep. about timing, situation, uh, you know, scheme, and it all has to line up for you to be 100% and as effective as possible. Whoa, that's folks. You guys got the goods there. I thought. I thought uh, the AFC is going to be interesting. There's still a lot of teams involved. Um, we again, these these names uh, by no means uh, is there a fire under any of these deals right now. Like we're not. This is speculation. This is potential. This is team needs. But really, at the end of the day, we I don't even know if any of this stuff actually happens. But Curtis, talk is, about. Curtis is on the couch ordering a Melvin Gordon Bills jersey right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of jerseys, what the hell is Minnesota wearing tonight? Uh, I was just going to ask you that. I love them. You like that? Uh, I know it's color rush night, but uh, yeah. I guess Washington didn't get the memo because they're wearing, uh, uh, you know, the I, well, I, this is their classic look, though. I love this look with the white and the, and the uh, burgundy pants. Reminds me of John Riggins. Oh, baby. At what point are the Redskins going to have to change their name? Uh, you know, I'm surprised they haven't already. Even the Cleveland Indians uh, have made, they've taken strides towards, you know, uh, doing that, I think, by they don't longer use the logo. It's, now it's the C <laughs> yeah, on their head. It's on just their the hat. C. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about all that to have an opinion. It never was never offensive to me, but I'm not indigenous. I, I don't, like, I don't know. So it's a classic logo, though. It's, it's a big uh, classic logo. Big uh, uh, payback night, I guess, is what they call it. The Redskins and Vikings with uh, Keenan. Oh, can we name off some of the players? We got Peterson. Keenan. Okay. Uh, Keenan, Peterson. Cousins. Yeah. Who else? Kurt, who else? Uh, For what? Who else in is this rivalry uh, here? Yeah, playing against their old team. Peterson? Yes. I already talked about that. You know, you'd probably know that if you had your headphones on still. <laughs> he really mid mid uh, segment just said, <laughs> "I'm out of here. I'm out. I can't I'm eat my couch. I can't eat my chips on there because they'll hear me chewing. So I'm going to go on the couch <laughs> eat the chips." Um. Anyway, uh, oh, that's our NFL talk. We'll uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Oh, purple people. Here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, And we are back. And we have breaking news from the world of baseball. Uh, the GM of the Astros, uh, f- I forget his name. I don't care about his first name. His last name is Stobman. He's been fired. Uh, Mid-World Series. Wait, let's give it up for applause there. Oh, I'm in the wrong. Applause? Oh, yeah, hang yeah. on a second. Uh. Just for future, I don't yeah. need to uh, press the applause if you're going to actually. Oh, applaud. sorry, I thought the two of them. Yeah, but anyway. that's probably better than. Um, yeah, way to blow it, boy! Uh, you just ruined uh, your team's chances of winning the World Series because this will not galvanize the team. In fact, you, this is going to be uh, destructive for them. Uh, I don't think Osuna is very well respected. Certainly, what he did in Toronto was uh, was awful. The report hasn't actually come out as to what actually happened, but. The rumor is, and I got the, I got the uh, intel on this, is that he hit his girlfriend. And there's no place in the world for that. And for the GM of Houston to 
I would say he shed light on it. He, he tried to make a joke of it. I don't know what he was trying to do, but essentially, if you haven't heard the story, he was in the locker room. Osuna, his, his uh, closer, had just blown a save. And thankfully, Houston was able to recover, and Altuve hit that home run to win the, win the uh, ALS, ALDS, whatever they call it, the finals yeah. against the Yankees. ALDS, right. Well, while he was being interviewed by a female reporter... This arsehole GM, who maybe had one too many glasses of champagne, decided to come up and say, "Whoa, we're so glad we signed this guy. This is a, this guy is awesome." And he was staring at the female reporter, and then two other female reporters sort of came around, and there was like a scrum, and then he said the same thing to them, specifically the female reporters. A male reporter came in and noticed what was going on, and uh, actually said in the media the next day, "I should have stepped up and said something, but I didn't. Um, I regret that decision." Uh, make no mistake about it, this GM was was trying to be crude. I don't know what his goal was, but he was directing it to these female reporters trying to shed light on a situation where Osuna had an issue with his girlfriend. I mean, it's awful stuff. He gone. Yeah, good. Fired. Kudos to the Astros organization for yes. not even waiting good for or anything, good understanding for that, that, that there's no place for that. I mean... You know that it's directed and a negative connotation when you're celebrating an athlete who just blew a two-run lead and clearly is not to be celebrated in that actual instance. No. You know, oh, we're so glad we got Osuna because he gave up two runs, so it really set up Altuve's historic home run. Yeah, so uh, you absolutely despicable human being moron i hope you never get a job in the majors i know it's a little little harsh but yeah you know what let's agree let's agree is there an agree button uh no air horn i guess let's just keep putting a list of how many things i don't have on my sound thing that'd be great (laughs) okay Uh, the aside from that ugliness the uh world series has been pretty awesome um, so far as a Nats fan, I'm ecstatic with how it's been going, but we've been seeing some guys come out. This is their coming out party. You know, uh, Soto is only 20 years old. Um, he is fun to watch. He's fun to watch. You mentioned that he has a variety of batting stances de- yeah. depending on the count, the pitcher's uh, style with lefty right. It's wild. I noticed his stance when he first got into the box because he really twisted. He's a left-handed batter. He would really twist his right leg in. So his toe would be really faced in. So I guess he would get a lot more whip. Yeah. I guess on his a torque. On his, a torque is yeah exactly on his swing. But then I noticed when it got to two strikes, he was a very even stance, and he actually I think he hit it off the wall. But I just thought that was a a, a drastic variation to his stance, and uh, I, I something stood out because I'd never really seen that big of a a change. Love their team. I love Ryan Zimmerman, who's been there since the inception, I think, of their of their franchise when they moved from Montreal. Just a fun team to watch. Gritty. I love the grit guys. Rendon might be one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in the majors. You know, Adam Eaton. It's, it's grinders. I just I love their team. I love and Gerardo Parra isn't even playing. And he's one of he was one of their best players in the regular season. It's amazing what they're doing. Uh and I I mentioned something about the Nats playing old school, right? Like you know, you still, I don't care what, what you do during the regular season. You know, I'm looking at you, Tampa Bay. I'm looking about, at these teams who start the closers to start games. Well, guess what? The two teams in the finals have arguably the four to five best starting pitchers in the majors, mm-hmm. and that's why they're there. 
Um, Max Scherzer, to me, is the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, Strasburg, man, it's good to see him finally get his opportunity. You know, a, a blue chip guy for years. Such high expectations for this kid from the get-go. So the pressure had to be right up there. But, I mean, he pitched really well last night. I think that when they got Scherzer, it finally the pressure just gave, I think that's when he was able to sort of be himself a bit more as a pitcher. And they didn't have to rely on him so much being their ace with Scherzer there. So I think that really helped him. Anibal Sanchez, Patrick Corbin, Doolittle, Hudson. They, they, I mean, it's been... Hudson and Doolittle remind me of Dwayne Ward and Tom Hinkie. You know, you got your setup man and your closer, and the two guys can interchange. So, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same as far as I'm concerned in baseball. And I, I love the old school, you know, two rock-solid starters, and, you know, you, you leave it to your bullpen towards the later innings, not, not in the fourth. So, yeah. It's pretty cool, man, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. Any thoughts on the World Series in terms uh, of are you enjoying it? It's it's you know the Nats are going home now with a 2-0 lead. Hey, I bet on the Nats in the game one. I was right. I did not in a million years think that Houston would go down two games at home um, to Verlander, no less. Right, Verlander exactly. Him on the mound, I thought for sure it was two-two. I think when I put money on uh, on Houston, and then I'm getting shelled. But uh, the passion and enthusiasm that seems to be on the Nationals bench is infectious. You know, like where do you think that comes from? Uh, aside, aside from the obvious that they're in the World Series and the energy, where do you think a passion like that comes from, from a team? Is it just being together for 162 games and the chemistry being right and the GM knowing what kind of guys to get? Is it getting uh, veterans like Howie Kendrick who've been to World Series, who've won World Series, who may not be, you know, 50 home run guys, but they're glue guys, character guys, or think, is it the manager? Yeah. Honestly, it I think it's it's all the above. I think you have guys that have done it, uh, that have the experience, like you said, but I think sometimes it's guys like Soto and like those real young, energetic, spunky young lads that are doing good things, but they bring that energy and excitement and fun to a locker room and it allows those guys who've been doing it for years to almost loosen up too and yeah. i think but it all well, comes Ryan down Zimmerman. to chemistry and how they all kind of come together but when it works i think it's that mix of old and new and uh you know it's like a rejuvenation for the older guys anyway it's uh, it's a lot of fun houston is very similar to that yeah obviously they weren't as enthusiastic when they're down uh, whatever it is yeah. nine runs but for the most part, Houston's bullpen, bench, team engagement is very similar. Yeah, they they seem to have a lot of fun, um, and that's what I like to see. You know, I it's uh, especially in baseball. You know, like it's yeah. just so the game can be pretty pretty low at times. But that's what I loved about yeah. like the Jays runs and and oh. the. The renewed energy with the the young guys this year too, even though we were out of it, wow. the excitement and the 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 passion they have and the camaraderie and the razzing and the, all that kind of stuff was that's that's what baseball is. So you want to see that? I, I think you nailed it when you said uh, the young guys getting the old guys to play young again is uh, Ryan Zimmerman is like he was he was on the bench, you know. So pretty amazing stuff that we've seen so far and. Uh, Anyway, the, the rest of the World Series should be very interesting. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Dave Martinez, former Expo, uh, part of that coaching carousel um, that's come out of uh, Tampa Bay, I believe it was. He played, he coached under Joe Madden. 
Kevin Cash was under Joe Madden. There's guys that are just getting jobs, kind of like Belichick. All those guys that got but jobs from Belichick, but he was coaching with the Browns. So Joe Madden, one of the great coaches, now coaching Anaheim. David Ross just signed a deal to coach the um, the Cubs, who again under Madden, another veteran guy. There's that's some there's some fun stuff going on. Joe Girardi is going to coach the Phillies. Watch yeah, the Phillies next year. Today, Very interesting. Right? Yeah, let that pick up. So some interesting stuff. I think the Jays next year are going to win 85 games. If they get any kind of pitching, they're going to fight for a wild card. You just heard it here first, folks. And that is our football, uh, baseball, baseball segment. Jeez, Pep. I thought it was supposed to be the UC fastball down a uh, fastball down the. What was it? Oh. I I named this segment and Brock uh, Brock didn't didn't not like it. I named this segment UC Unsportsmanlike Convos Fastballs Down the Middle. That was the sound of a fastball down the middle. Not a gunshot. Not a gunshot. <laughs> let's let's just play the- Let's get one more. <laughs> Who's throwing? Who's throwing? Is it ricocheting off something before it before hits the glove? It, I don't know if it's looped. Maybe it was looped. <laughs> That's so good. And we're never using that one again. Well, we'll, uh, we'll talk about, surely talk about the end of the World Series by our next podcast, but uh, enjoy the rest of the games, folks. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, another segment. Another segment. But I'm on, but I'm on my break. One, two, three, four, five, six, two, eight. All right, we are back. Uh, mouthfuls of chips. Yes. Um, there's another bag on the table now. Yeah, I'll, uh, this bag is uh, salt and vinegar. Again, no-name brand, salt and vinegar. A simple chip for a simple man. I feel like uh, you ever see, uh, and I don't want to pump them, but the Barstool Sports, the pizza reviews? Yes. Are we going to do, like, chip reviews now? We could. You know how annoying that would be? We'll just like it all, though. That's a, <laughs> when are we not going to like chips? It's true. Yeah. Uh, you know? But you can judge a chip. That's fine. But for those uh, you know listeners, you're very fortunate that we weren't recording when we were being idiots and crunching chips into the mic slowly. Uh, might be the most annoying sound yeah. Uh, ever. Yeah. But the chips are delicious. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank Cur- you to Curtis, uh, our host. Our host. Hey, let me ask you something. Yes. Um, off topic. Uh, do you have a toilet bowl brush at home? I do not. We do. And uh, <laughs> I hide it behind the toilet. Because yeah. it's not something you want out there. Mm-hmm. Here at Shay KF, oui? um, he's got one that has a handle that looks like a pistol. So it's like I- a piece of art almost. Oh really? Yeah. So it's decorative. So it's it a decorative. The, okay, yeah. Toilet no. brush that has a handle like a like a gun. And Mr. Curtis, where would one find this pistol toilet cleaner? <laughs> where would one search that? Amazon? Dollarama? Best three dollars ever spent. Outstanding. All right. Okay. Yes. Anyway, I was. Uh, yeah, it's kind of wow. cool. Wow. Threw me for a loop there, bud. Yeah, I, uh, it's okay. Completely off topic. All right. But let's get back on topic with our uh, infamous new segment called the 
a social room. Oh, we're doing the social room? We're going to do a quick social room. I think this is the social room. Welcome to the social room. Yes. You know how long it took me to put together? I don't even want to know. A couple uh, hours? It's because I needed to find... I tried to get Ange to do it. I'm yeah. like, could you just say, welcome to the social room? She's like, nope. Nope, I'm not doing it. And I was like, well, I'm not getting Samina to do it. And I said, okay, I'll... Kurt. So I found a, uh, a program where you actually... It's like a text to voice, but yeah. not robotic. Like you, so it has this big sentence. It's like, you know, well, the scientists saw the dinosaur, blah blah blah, and then you can change one little piece of it. So I had to like edit that one put side. like yeah, periods in it and add let's a social let, room to it. Let's let Kurt listen to it just for a sec. Just listen to our new social room intro. Oh yeah, the social room intro. You ready? This well, is a lot of hard work and effort right here. Welcome to the social room. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good, eh? What's it for? It's a segment called The Social Room. Well, is that like a segment you guys are doing? Kinda, if you yeah. listen to the last episode, Pep had two of them. There was The Social Room, and then there was a P.O. box, which he called as P.O. for personal opinion. You want to put those headphones on? I'm going to share what I so designed excited about this. for the P.O. box one. Who's coming up with the name? That's not of your concern. Yeah, it's Let's nothing. Just listen to the... Uh, I put your damn headphones the, on. I see what you're... Oh, I like that. This is the guy who came up with the unsportsmanlike <laughs> convo. I like that, buddy. Just listen to the P.O. box. Tell us what you think. <laughs> so bad. You've got mail. Actually, it's a P.O. box. I like it. I like it. But what was yours again? You see what? <laughs> Not bad, actually. That's pretty good. Like Mike Tyson. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I like that. You get Tasker to do that for the hockey. That's his thing. You see what I'm you saying? You see what I'm saying? Oh, you see yeah. what I'm saying? I like it. All right. Well, there. You guys had a little in-depth <laughs> view of how things are decided around here. Completely Just on a whim. Couple with guys a mouth full of cookies <laughs> and, <laughs> and Pep choking on chips. Outstanding. All right. Ah, couple of headlines. Is this almost over? It's pretty much almost over, my friend. <laughs> uh, Brock mentioned something about NFL stars being compared to their NBA counterparts as sort of twins in terms of their style. Brock, I didn't see this. Um, you had made mention of it. What were you referring to with that? All right. Well, this is uh, this is it was a Snapchat that was comparing NFL superstars to their NBA counterparts, and they called them kind of their twins. So I wasn't sure if it was straight on looks, but because based on the first one, I thought it could be, but they kind of go into, I guess, styles more than anything else. So let me just, uh, I think there's five or six of them, but Patrick Mahomes and Steph Curry. I see, I, I see that. You know what? Even better. <clears throat> Yo, okay, what could it be? You says hey, Bill Cosby coming out here? Hey, hey, hey. Um, why don't you name one of the athletes, and I'll see if I can guess the... Uh... All right, and this is, they use it as saying the historic scoring ability. Okay. And sons of pro athletes. Yes, yes, that's true. Okay. Uh, who, uh, Mahomes' dad was a pitcher. 
right? Yeah. For yeah. the twins. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So, yeah, very good comparison. All right. I like that. So Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. and his twin In the shares NBA? this. It's always NBA. Okay. Uh, fashionistos. Fashionistos. Mm-hmm. Uh, facing big expectations in new settings. Mm. Who would be the NBA equivalent? You're not Russell Westbrook. Atta boy, Russell Westbrook. Baby. Here it comes. All right, good. That's one for one. We got an Aaron Rodgers. And then he's arguably the most talented in their respective sports. And can they win another ring? Who would that be in the NBA? Man, my first, my first inclination would be Kawhi Leonard. But uh, LeBron James? Kawhi Leonard? LBJ. LBJ. See, yeah. the air horn came after LBJ. My it bad. It was silent after Kawhi. Therefore, not Kawhi. My bad. LBJ. LBJ. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I don't know if I'm not sure about that. All right. Jalen Ramsey. A polarizing figure mm-hmm. and an elite defensive specialist. Draymond Green? That is correct. There's no air horn. Weird. Oh, that's right, because I can't stand Draymond Green. <laughs> so he gets no air horn, no nothing. Too many chips. <laughs> okay. Got a little sour cream and onion what am in the throat. Am I two for three? You are uh LBJ was I, I LBJ guess Kawhi was pretty first. close. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh okay. you're doing good. Okay. You're doing good. Um, okay, so Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Mm. Largely underrated until recently, and offensive Swiss knives. Who would be his NBA twin? Wow. wow. Uh, that, that's Kawhi Leonard. That is not. Who did you guess? Nope. Portland Trailblazers. Lillard? Yeah. They got Damian Lillard. Oh. Okay. So I don't know. Swiss Army. Lillard. Okay. Okay. All right. Julio Jones. Okay. Okay. Not trading you, Scott. (sighs) Julio Jones. Julio Jones. He's a quiet superstar. Both have gigantic hands. Okay. Kawhi Leonard. Right. That's an easy one. How many do I got left? Okay, I got a couple. I like it. Okay. I like it. Okay. All right. Lamar Jackson, quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. He's an offensive guru and will juke you out of your shoes. Ky- Kyrie Irving. False. Whoa. I found this one a little bit, little bit interesting. Chris Paul? Nope. Durant? Nope. Uh, he travels a lot. Travels James Harden? A- James Harden? James oh, Harden no, is the no, head. no, no, yeah, no, no, I no, agree. no, 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 no. Who was the football player again? It was uh, Lamar Jackson. And Harden? Yeah. No, Harden's not as fat. Anyway, okay, no, no, that's not good. Okay. Adam Vinatieri. Okay. Oldest player in their respective sports, future Hall of Famers. Who's the oldest player in the NBA right now? Legit the oldest player in the NBA? I believe so. Gotta be. Vince Carter? Nailed, Nailed it. it. Oh, that's, <laughs> well, that's the end of our, that's the end of our UC podcast. Or we'll be folding our, our shop. <laughs> if anybody would be looking to buy a Roadcaster what? Pro and a few microphones, those will be on sale. It's with the shirts. Along with our dignity. Uh. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
That was not planned, and we are disgusted wow. by it. I can edit that out, maybe. Uh, no, no, let's keep it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, All right. I got uh, two more. Okay. Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Other worldly athletes, when healthy, currently battling injuries. Oh, that Durant. False. Currently battling injuries, not Durant? Oh, jeez. Clay Thompson? Nope. Otherworldly athlete. Clay Thompson no, is not know. quite Durant a Durant is... Oh, jeez. I think a smaller market. I think we talked about markets. This one being... Well, he's not badly injury, but uh, Tenacumpo, no? Nope. No. I'm going uh, to go ahead. What was that? <laughs> I was just going to go ahead and tell you. But Embiid? Nope. <coughs> yeah, I'm going to need... Uh, Washington Wizards. John Wall? John Wall. Compare no. All right, all right. That's okay. It's two, you, two you don't like. I like it. Khalil Mack. Is this the last one? Okay. Khalil Mack. Yeah. Freakish physical phenom. Anthony Davis. Oh, Zion Williamson. Jeez, Zion Williamson. Of course. No, nah, that's not who they have. Neither of those guys. No. Who did you say the first one? Anthony Davis. Yeah. And not Zion. We've already said LBJ. Yeah. Freakish physical phenoms. Oh, Durant? Like, but no. No, he's hurt. There's another guy. I, I think this one is a bit more accurate. I mean, so, a couple D- of those Dunker, guys. or is he a good player? Like, yeah, he would be a dunker. He'd be a, you know, very lanky, but very powerful. Very, Siakam? No. Uh, okay, okay. Let me. Uh, I want to guess this. I, right, I need to. Right. West or East? Uh, uh, east. Atentacumpo? Atentacumpo. Okay. Yeah, I would have told okay, you what it was, okay. but I cannot pronounce his name unless you say it first. Fascinating. All right, so that wraps up uh, the <laughs> NFL social room. <laughs> NBA uh, twins. So that's full, it for the social room. Uh, full dis- Welcome to the social room. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to make another Goodbye. one that has the door closed. Thank Shoom. you. Okay. <laughs> Just like the door closing in our careers I'm after gonna, this last segment. <laughs> enjoy that uh, intro because it'll never be played again. Um, let's finish off with um, police in uh, Wisconsin are introducing a new law that will uh, fine parents if their children bully other children. I know we're kind of taking a turn for the serious here, but um, it's a fascinating thing. You brought this to my attention. I did not know about it. Um, why it's coming on a sports show, I think oftentimes you see that in sports. Parents, you know, uh, or kids bullying other other kids. Sports actually helps that because kids learn how to play, you know, with each other as teammates and whatnot. But what do you think of that law overall? A parent getting in trouble for their child's behavior? Because um, that's unprecedented. It is unprecedented. I, uh, I think this should have been part of the social room. Or this is the PO we still box are. one. We, well, we still are in the social room. We just oh, I thought we, you said that was the end of the social room. That's, anyway. No, uh, no. I think uh, I think it's an interesting law. Um, as a parent, I think kids who are bullies generally need better parenting. It's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Like if you're an asshole kid, like you're still just a kid. What, why are you an asshole? It's not just because, you know, that's who you are. It's because there's something else that's going on 
from a parent perspective. Maybe it's who knows what it is, but I do think that um, in today's day and age, there's a lack of parenting overall. Yeah, we live in an era where you know the both parents work and your kids are often in you know if it's if you're not in daycare they're they're being watched for a couple of hours after work because you know that's just the way it is with work schedules and whatnot so i i could get it um it's it's a very layered situation you know in terms of like you know the cost of daycare the cost of after school the cost of living parents have to work now both parents have to work dual income is almost a necessity now um, yeah, you know, I don't. So. I don't even say that's the biggest issue. I mean, you know, my wife works in a school, and she's worked in low-income ones, and she's worked in privileged areas. And I always thought that, you know, when she moved to the privileged area, she'd have less issues. Well, apparently, they're almost worse issues because at the low income, the parents were working two or three jobs; they were hardly there, so the the kids fending for themselves for a lot of it and learning by themselves. So there's that issue in the, and you know, maybe there's, they're buying drugs or doing whatever in the privileged area. These kids often are selling drugs, but I say often it's yeah. not, but it's the, the, the uh, comparison is that the low income buys it, the high income sells it. But in the high uh, privileged area, she found, and she'll tell me stories, of parents that are blatantly lying to protect their children. Hmm. So if a kid's late at the low-income one, he doesn't want you telling the parents. Parents going to be pissed and whatever, and maybe there's whatever. In the privileged one, the parent's the one calling in saying, oh, yeah, you know, uh, little Johnny's late because I had an appointment, had whatever. And, you know, she'd be like, well... There's your no consequences. Kid, your kid just told me a different story, yeah. so you're clearly lying to protect them. Like, what is that example? Yeah. And I think overall in society, I think there's there's a lack of, you know, there's that I want to be their friend more than their parent. Yeah. And hey, you know, I I get it to a point. Ah. You know, but uh, you know, for me, for me, like I, that's why partly the reason why I'm not a parent because I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could survive in this world. Like, I don't know if I would be able to. I'm just I'm too sensitive to how my kid would treat other people, and I would feel the need to, like, just be over over parent at times. Where I think in in today's society we have a lot of parents who just sort of let their kids you know live and learn on TV and iPads, and you know yeah. that's just the way it is. And and you know some fundamental stuff like you know lying is not good, you know little things like that that we we learn from our parents, but it's a different generation. Not only kids, but parents. It's a different generational uh, era we live in, parent-wise. It's not the same values and not the same perspectives, and you know, um, and they're. It's a trickle-down effect. So it's tough. I just thought, uh, the the point, the the you know, going back to parents getting fined for bullying. I kind of like it. I uh, yeah. because there's no there's no place in the world for bullying. Uh, I see it. There's kids that come and use the Tim Hortons at my work. I see it at lunch. I see kids getting sort of teased or whatever, and uh, I don't hesitate to step in and uh, and scare the shit out of them, um, in a in a sort of a mature way. But like in a like, listen, you know, stop stop picking on him because you're gonna have a problem with me kind of deal. So it is what it is. I I you give him the old. Uh, I don't give him the sl- the, the next. Throat slash. No, I don't give him that. Um, the old I don't towns. don't want to. I want to. I want to sometimes mm. do that, but. No, you know what? I I was bullied in my in grade eleven. 
Uh, and, you know, I, in my grade 11, I was like a pretty good football player and I was a pretty good basketball player. I had a lot of friends and all that stuff. No one ever, no one knew I was getting bullied. No one, nobody knew. Uh, only, only guy that knew was George Singfield. And I was scared. Like I was, I was legit scared. I, I wasn't a big fighter. I never got into fights. You know, I was like a good kid and never got in trouble. I was scared. This guy was like, I'm going to beat you up next time you go to school. This was after a football game, like where I had a good game. So I, I told uh, George, I said, like, I'm, I'm not going to school, <laughs> you know? It's like, listen, come to school, everything will be okay. I didn't, I didn't. I missed two weeks of school. I faked a, I faked a cold for two full weeks in my senior year. I missed all kinds of school, all kinds of class. I faked, I don't know what I had. I think I faked a cough or something and, you know, and I kept telling my mom I wasn't feeling good. Never told my mom why. To this day, she's, I'm sure she still thinks I had a cold, but I knew, I knew the truth. And then, you know, during, my, during the middle part of the second week, George came, actually came over and he's like, you know, listen, I'm, nothing's going to happen to you. Trust me. Because he knew the, who the bully was. So, like, that's me. You know, like, I'm, you know that's, that could happen to a guy like me who's, who, you know, like, we all, like you, you're a lot like I am. We have a lot of friends. Who, who knew? So mm-hmm. I could just imagine what it's like for someone who's maybe not as outgoing or effervescent or uh, to be bullied and to have to go home into that little world of like nothing and you're and you're scared to go to school because you're just going to get your ass kicked. Like, yeah, think think about it. And again, we're getting you know, way, completely yeah. off of sports, but think of that. You're at home two weeks with a cold. You're isolating yourself in your own house. Yeah. Okay. It's still you feel safe at home to a point. Imagine adding the layer of social media and social interactions, internet connections. You are no longer feeling that at least a a sense of safety. Nobody can find me. Yep. Now it's there. You they reach you wherever. Yep. That's why you get those. You know, uh, I had a birthday party for uh, Steve Brown turned forty. Happy birthday, Steve! Steve, don't know who you are, but. Happy birthday, bro. He's a, a member of the Dukes, so Mike and Andrew's baseball team. Love it. Um, we had it at the uh, um, Beyond the Pale. So one of our buddies owns Beyond the Pale and the okay. Smoke Shack. They had a big party room in the back. They had the big uh, uh, ALDS game five, whatever, on the, the big screen. And uh, Anyway, great party. Uh, so I ran into a couple guys that uh, we mutually know that uh, live in the uh, Toronto area, Toronto, Hamilton, in between there, uh, Ben Sitch and... Uh, they were talking about that uh, that poor kid who was bullied. Awful. And uh, I think he said, "Like I don't want to school. I don't want to go to school because I'm afraid they're going to kill me." And that's exactly what happened. He was essentially murdered in front of his mother, who was waiting for him out front of the school to pick oh. him up. And as he was walking to that car, like it's an awful story. I can't even really describe it without either getting choked up or wanting to vomit really yeah. like it's just it's unbelievable yeah and, and it, i look back to my high school and my elementary school and some of the stupid stuff i said to people and i, I mean i don't think by any means was i a bully but i remember being coaxed into something really stupid because you try to get a raz out of a group you know or like you try to make people laugh and, yeah. and then i remember feeling so shitty after to the point where I would actually go up to the person and say, "Look, I am so I'm sorry. I don't I don't even know why I did that. Like, I don't I don't know why I said that to you. You're not fat. I, sorry. Like that was stupid. Yeah, I appreciated you that know. too. Actually. <laughs> it wasn't you, bro. Oh, okay. It, you know, and it's so yeah. It's uh, that story was really brutal. Actually, the uh, 
they actually interviewed some of the, some eyewitnesses who saw the mom, who saw her son. It was just uh, anyway. End of, end of discussion. I I do think um, I do think that parents should be liable for their kids. I don't know about behavior. fines. I don't know like what the appropriate punishment is, but I do believe that parents need to have liability, definitely more accountability. Yeah, for what their child does. Um, and I'm, I'm going to follow the story a little bit closer to see if what comes of it and how they police it and how they find parents yeah. and see how they deal with it. Because obviously every situation is going to be semi different. Um, it's pretty interesting, but I'm, I'm yeah. definitely, interested. there's gotta be some accountability and yeah. that's what uh, a lot of people seem to fail to realize that. And I think that's part of the reason that we're having issues. Step in the right direction. So. This just about wraps up this episode of the UC. I do want to end with uh, the NCAA uh, college basketball AP rankings came out this week. For uh, it's pretty pretty much a consensus uh, that you know the top five are, are where they are. But there were a couple of writers who gave their own uh, top twenty-five, and I was happy to say that virtually every writer except the AP poll has uh, Georgetown in their top 25. I'm quite happy about that. But um, the way I'm just going to name off the top 10. I've got, you know, Michigan State as a number one, Kentucky, Kansas, Duke. That rounds out the top four. You know, those guys are always big players in the tournament. They're well coached. Um, They attract the best players in the country. Um, Louisville, Florida, ranked six. Yes, sir. Maryland, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Villanova. I mean, these are all the usual suspects. The ACC dominates uh, the top 10 um, with Duke, Carolina, and Louisville. So uh, I'm a Georgetown fan, Georgetown Hoya fan. Ever ever since Patrick Ewing was a player there in the mid-'80s, he's now their head coach. Uh, They might have the best backcourt in college basketball this year. Mac McClung and James Akinjo are their backcourt. Matt McClung is a wild guy. He's a short little white guy. But he can jump through the ceiling and he shoots threes. They're going to be fun to watch. Akinjo's more of a defensive player, but he's a good distributor. They picked up this kid. Um, he uh, left NC State and then he sat a year just so he can get coached by Patrick Ewing. His name is Omer Yurtsevin. He's Turkish. Getting rid of these people here. Uh, first, Mr. Samir. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. Not going to work here anymore anyway. <laughs> You went there? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Omar Yurtsevin, seven feet tall. He's a junior. He sat his uh, sophomore year, uh, transferred him from NC State. Um, He left because he wanted to play for Coach Ewing. He's seven feet tall. He's got a nice touch. um, And Georgetown's going to make some noise, friends. Uh, If they make the tourney this year, um, they're going to make some noise. So there you got my sleeper pick. I know I'm biased, but I actually think they're going to have a good year. So uh, looking forward to some college hoops. Um, Brock's enthusiasm for football is the equivalent of my enthusiasm for college basketball. So it's a crazy time to be a sports fan. We are going to talk a, a little NBA the next time we get on air. And uh, let's face it, B-Boy, we threw all of our time constraints out the window Gone. with the chips. But that's okay because we love each other. And we're here at Curtis's place loving some chips. We got uh, Minnesota wearing all purple tonight. Disgusting. Um, it's been a lovely night. We will talk NBA. The opening week is this week. It's happened. There's some great games tomorrow. But we'll talk NBA next week. And in two weeks or three weeks, I think 
three weeks maybe. I've got Dave Barbier and Dan Case are going to be our special guests. They're going to talk local hoops. They're going to talk NBA hoops. We're going to talk a little Carlton basketball. They've uh, had a change in coaches this year. And uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be upcoming. But uh, for now, B, what do you say, brah? I think that's, uh, that's about it here, actually. This is, uh, I said I would play it this time. Okay. And since it's kind of a mishmash of everything, um, I figured I'd play it. And we're talking about being a parent. Okay. Welcome to the Daddy-Daughter Talk. I am Savina Fleming, and this is my dad, Brock, from the Brock and Peps on Sportsman Like Convo. She, uh, she wanted to do a podcast, so we did a daddy-daughter one, and we'll continue. But she scripted it out for her intro and everything, and she she gave us a shout-out. So I thought that was... Oh, uh, come on. That was, uh, that was oh, nice of her. Where's the applause? Uh, it's on a different... Uh, right here. I'm getting a little bit quicker with these transitions. I but know. You gotta... Quick button. Oh, anyway. that's so good. Thank you, Savina. All right. Well, we are going to call that a day. Get yeah. back to some more chips. I don't know why. I haven't chips. had chips in forever, and now we've killed about three bags between all of us. NHL 94 up on the uh, docket. We're going to have a tournament tonight. We're not going to sleep. Kurt's taking a day off to work tomorrow. Oh, man. Boom. Here it is. Have a great weekend. We're going out to uh, Lizzo's song, Boys. This was on Modern Family, and I was loving it. Got this boy speaking Spanish. I hit my Baby, I don't need you. I just wanna freak you. I heard you a freak too. What's two plus two? Pep was loving this one, so I kept it on for a bit longer. And the Halloween candy's out. Later. Peace.